podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and James Batchelor. We're here to discuss Watford's 1-1 draw away to Newcastle United in the Premier League. A sigh of relief when Gel Pedro rise higher than Lascelles uh, to head that in in the 88th minute to take a point back to Hertfordshire for us. Here to talk with talk about the, the game is James Batchelor. James, how was you feeling after that point and, and how's your weekend done, uh, been going? Well, it felt, you know, it felt like a win to be honest, Ben. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. Gel Pedro coming up clutch. Uh, and yeah, you know, he's played really well the past few games. I mean, he got the goal at Leicester. Uh, he played really well against Tottenham and two, ga- uh, two goals in two games with Jao Pedro now. So really, really happy for him. And yeah, to be honest, as I said, I feel a lot more positive uh, than, than I should be. And, you know, we, we're going ahead now into this week against Burnley, against Norwich, feeling a lot more positive uh, than maybe we could have been if we'd gone and lost the game. So I'm doing absolutely fine. Uh, what about you, Ben? Yeah, yeah, all good, mate. It's it's, it's been a, a mental weekend. I've done some more wedding planning, get married in five months and two days. Um, so sorted out the groomsmen suits this weekend, which is good. And we're hiring them, got a decent price for them. So get that budget down a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good. I'm just glad that we're talking about a um, a point here. Um, our first time hosting it without Mike, so we're we've got together and we can talk about picking up a, a point. We've ended the rut. We haven't gone to eight games in a row with defeat. Uh, we've stopped it at seven or six Premier Leagues in a row. Um, we've picked up a point. Morel, confidence, picking up a goal in the last couple of minutes is going to be massive for the boys now, isn't it? So luckily, hopefully a bit of momentum behind them now and we can kick on and go to Burnley Tuesday night and then Norwich Friday night. So I'm I'm feeling positive and I'm hoping the boys are feeling positive as well because it's going to feel like a victory. Um, it felt like a victory for the Watford fans high up in the, the stands at St. James' very, Park. Very high up, very high up. Very, yeah. Have you ever done Newcastle away, James? No, I've never done Newcastle. And to be honest, the stairs to, to get up there pretty much uh, rules me out of doing that at least for, for the next couple of years. I just I don't know if I can be willing uh, to go all that way to, to maybe watch a Watford loss. It, it just seems, you know, I think the journey is something ridiculous. Like, what, set, is it seven, eight hours to, to drive up to Newcastle? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I'll stick to, to London and, and, and the southeast area rather than rather than going all the, all the way up to Newcastle, to be honest. You're playing it safe, James. You're playing yeah. it safe. I, I've yeah. done Newcastle before. Um, yeah, I think if I remember correctly, I think it's 10 flights of stairs that you've got to go up and then... You literally need binoculars to see. Um, you you can't really see up this end of a pitch or the upper end of a pitch, and it, it, it's decent where you you get to look over the whole of Newcastle City because you're so high up, and the, the other stands are lower down as well, so you get to look over the top of that. But 
yeah, it's mental and fair play to a walk for fans that got up early yesterday and travelled all that way. Like James says, it's a long way to go. So hats off to you. And I, I imagine you all celebrated that last minute equaliser like a like a winning goal. So fair play and I hope you all enjoyed it. But yeah, let's get our teeth stuck into analysing the game. Um, Watford made six changes to the side um, that we put out against Spurs in a 1-0 defeat. Um, obviously, we lost Adam Messina, Truce Econ, and Imran Loser to the African Cup of Nations. Also, went out the side was Daniel Batman, who's lost his place to Ben Foster. Sirielta went out, and Ken Semmer. Um, so, the starting lineup for Watford was Ben Foster in goal, Ngakia at right back, Craig Cathcart, and Samir in the centre. K- Kamara came in for his debut at left back. In the middle, it was um, Sissoko, Kushka and a debut for KMB. Um, and then the front three was Joel Pedro, Emmanuel Dennis and Joshua King. So three debuts we handed to our new signings. And James, how well did they do yesterday? I was really impressed with one of them, um, KMB. I thought he was a really good addition, um, slotted in like he's been there for absolutely ages. And when we didn't know too much about him as well. Like we knew little bits about Kamara. We've seen footage of Kamara. We've seen footage of Samir all on YouTube. But it's not much out there about um, KMB. So uh, how impressed were you of him and the other two yesterday? Well, I think we, you know, we were discussing before, before we start recording, Ben. And I said to you, I didn't really notice the, the new signings too much. And I, I kind of think that's a positive thing because, you know, they just went about their game. They did the job that was after them. And, you know, Samir, Kayembe, uh, Kamara, they all did really, really well. None of them, you know, made a mistake that led to a goal. We'll, we'll discuss that later in regards to Jeremy Ngakia. Um, But, you know, overall, the, the new signings were, were fantastic. And you, you point out Kayembe, he, he put a really good uh, through ball um, through to Joshua King, I think, in the second half. Uh, really, really impressed with that. And overall, he, he just looked absolutely fantastic. And, you know, for his Premier League debut, he, he's only been here for... For what less than a week now, so you know, really, really impressed with Kayembe. Uh, Kamara as well looks really good at left back. You know, it's going to be really hard for Brad and Messina to get back in there, and obviously, we know what's happening with, with Danny Rose. And Samir looks fast, he's left footed. Um, so yeah, overall, very, very happy. Yeah, what I liked about KMB was he, he took to English football like duck to water. He, um, he's, he's obviously came in and showed Ozan Tooth and how to adapt to English football. Um, we've, we've spoken about Tufan at length in the last podcast and podcast before saying about he doesn't offer anything on the pitch, off the pitch. You saw KMB come in and his presence, his, his energetic, he was driving forward, with positive in possession, neat and tidy. It, it was like the number six we've needed since Shusey's left. I'm not I'm not comparing them because they're, they're kind of different players as well. And, Kayembe, you can maybe play a bit further forward, but just to give that back four, that protection, which we've, we've missed all season since Itubu's been out. But then you see Itubu, when he's been fit, he's not really been dropping in between the centre-halves to pick up the ball because he didn't really seem comfortable to do that. But you could sense through KMB that he's not afraid to do that. And like you say, that pick of a pass that he played through to Josh King, it was just unfortunate that he kind of took a heavy touch and then De Brackford, he narrowed his angle, didn't he? And it, it was a save in the end, but unfortunate. But Kamara, really impressed with him. Lively, that burst of pace he showed in the second half when he, he whacked it round Fraser, wasn't it? And then yeah, got to the bottom yeah. and, and like you say, 
it's going to be difficult for Messina to get back in. And with these signings as well, you can just tell that they're upgrades to the squad. Um, they're not like a two fan to come in and he's just going to sit on the bench and come in and not make an impact. These players are actually going to improve by starting lineup, and it's it's refreshing to see. And like Samir, we were just saying before we came in, Samir was that good of a debut. You didn't notice him, and I don't think you needed to notice him. He, he was solid. He was keeping Chris Wood um, quiet. His partnership with Craig Cathcart was quite good, and special mention for Craig Cathcart as well. I thought he was good again, and he's been consistently good for a good few months now, and I don't think there's enough praise going on for Craig Cathcart. I think a lot of people jumped on his back at the start of the season and said how poorly he's been performing and um, because of his age as well. Um maybe because he was relegated with Watford as well, but he, he's had a point to prove this season and I think he's done really well considering it's maybe not our... If, if you and me was picking our team, we probably wouldn't put Cathcart as a starting defender. Most Watford fans probably wouldn't either, but performances-wise lately, he's been really well, uh, really good consistently. Didn't he keep a clean sheet against Italy a few weeks, yeah, a, a month yeah. back as well for the international um, duties as well, so it just shows how well Craig Cathcart's doing. Um, so really pleased with these um, signings. I think maybe would you look to maybe get in another one or two to add to this side because um, it's looking good so far. I, I don't know where. I don't really know where else we need to strengthen. I mean, obviously there's there's a conversation to be had about about Ben Foster. Um, and Daniel Batman, but we already know we're bringing in uh, Maduka Okoye in from Sparta Rotterdam in the summer, and it looks like he's going to be um, the new number one, all things considering. Um, so I don't think we should be touching the goalkeeper. Yes, you know, Foster and Batman quite clearly um, are not really good enough for Premier League level currently. Foster, for me, ed- edges the two. Um, there's been a few links with, with a couple of attacking players. I think Kalu we've been linked with, another couple of attacking players we've, we've been linked with in, in the past few days as well. Um, even I've seen people talking about Christian Eriksen, which is very, very interesting. We'll have to see what, what happens with that. Um, would I look to bring anyone else in? I think I think for now I'd say no. I think the three new yeah. signings we've brought in have, have added quality. Um, probably Ben should have brought them in in the summer, if, if we're being honest. I think that, that was an error. Um, in you know in the recruitment department by Watford, but they're in now. Um, we've got a crucial run of games coming up, and hopefully Kamara, Samir, and Kayembe uh, can kind of give us that that bit of quality to to push us over the line. Yeah, it's interesting you say about maybe we should have done this business at the start of the transfer window. Uh, Watford's had a lot of criticism with their transfer policy in the summer and with their recruiting. I think the top end of the pitch, they sorted it out. Um, we, we knew we was lacking goals. We knew we needed to move on the likes of Gray and Deeney. And we've sorted out that front three now. That looks that picks itself pretty much now and t- until Sars back. And then that adds another dimension to the side and another another headache for Claudio Ranieri. But it was the back end and a, a lot of Watford fans were unhappy with recruitment in that area, but it, it, it's refreshing that we've we've obviously had an eye on these players for a while. I think I've read that Kayembu was he was considered at the same time as Musa Sissoko, and they opted for Sissoko instead of Kayembu. But obviously they've kept an eye on him, being impressed with his performances over in Belgium, and then they decided to bring him in. So it, it, it's good that we haven't given up hope on the Watford uh, transfer policies, um, the Pozzo scouting network, there is gems out there still. They will find them. And luckily, and fingers crossed, we've found three good ones here. Um, because, But then again, 
it's their first game. We've spoken about Pushka on his first game. <laughs> James, let's, let's talk a little bit about Pushka because I've yeah. got him written down. We're talking about debuts and first performances. Kushka's obviously, he came in against Villa. One of the best performances I've seen from a, a Davidson. Um, and since then, he's not living up to that um, high level that he's, he's, he's set himself. Again, wasn't good enough yesterday for me. Went missing, um, not physical enough, sloppy on the ball. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. And, you know, going back to that Villa game briefly, you know, I, I was watching that Villa game and, you know, he looked like Patrick Vieira in, in the Watford midfield. And, you know, it was such such a good day. Patrick Vieira. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Vieira. Like, he was so strong, like, physical. Uh, you know, it was, it was great to watch. And then, you know, ever since then, he's, he's been on this, like, decline and he's never really had, had a peak. And uh, it's just been, it's been very frustrating to watch. You know, he's getting on on in his career. Um, for me, it just seems like a stopgap signing that that we made. Um, you know, if if the Pozzos had their eyes on Kayembe in the summer, why didn't they just bring him in then rather than bringing in Kuchka? Uh, why didn't we just offer Hughes the money? There's a lot of discussions to, to be had. Um, yeah. but in regards to Kuchka, you know, as, as you said, Ben, he's, he's not good enough um, to play in this Watford team, really. Yes, as, as a bench option to bring on, um, you know, he is good, but, you know, overall, he, he shouldn't really be starting games for Watford. Same as Ozan Tufan. Um, they just look, for me, physically unfit for the Premier League. You know, same with Danny Rose. You know, the Premier League, you have to be up to a certain fitness, a certain standard. All these clubs of sports, you know, departments and fitness departments, and they spend a lot of money on on conditioning these players. And Kuchka, Tufan... Rose um, specifically just don't look um, up to that level, and he can offer stuff. He can offer stuff to this Watford side. He scored against Norwich, um, a really really good header. So I think there is, you know, times that that you can bring him in to make an impact. But should he be starting in this crucial one, run of games we've got coming up in the next week? I don't think so. I'd much rather see someone like Tom Cleverley in there. His leadership, uh, his energy, his desire, and then maybe bring Kuchka on but for the last 10, 20 minutes just to solidify that midfield. But to answer your question, um, no, I don't think he should be starting uh, many more games for Watford this season. I think you're speaking for a lot of Watford fans. Uh, I think that opinion's shared across Hertfordshire. Someone who we did find out did start at the weekend. It was Ben Foster. Claudio Ranieri has picked his Watford number one. That's clear to everyone now. Um, he was waiting for ben, ben Foster to come back. He obviously doesn't fancy Dan Bettman and thinks Foster offers him a lot more in that position. Silly question, but you were relieved to see Ben Foster back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, both of them, as I said, you know, shouldn't really be playing in the Premier League at this time. I think Daniel Bettman, um, you know, maybe in the future in his career, when, when he gets into his early 30s, late 30s, maybe we'll see him back in the Premier League. Um but, you know, Daniel Batman talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk, unfortunately. And I think that's been his issue the whole time he's been at Watford. Um, you know, he thinks he's, he's a fantastic keeper. But when when push comes to shove and, and he plays these games for Watford, he just doesn't look very confident. Uh, ben Foster, on the other hand, he's got experience. Um, he's got a cool head on him, um, but he does have his flaws. You know, he, he doesn't command his box very well. Um, decent shot stopper. But, you know, as I've discussed, both of them aren't really good enough to, to play for Watford. But Ben, they're the only two options we've got at the moment. Which one's better? 
Foster's the better option. Um, and yeah, Claudio Ranieri has gone with Foster and he put in a good performance once again. Didn't really have really have to make um, many yeah. saves, really. Uh, the St. Maximin goal was just too powerful. There was no way um, on earth he, he was going to get to that. So yeah, Foster, um, I'm happy that, that he's back and you know, Batman's just going to have to sit on the bench and you know potentially wait his turn or he might never play for Watford again. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I, I can't really see him playing a game for Watford unless there's an injury from Foster towards now and the end of the season. If he doesn't get injured, then I, I don't see him playing a game, especially with our new Dutch keeper um, coming in. Um, but let's have a look to see what happens at the end of the season. But yeah, Ben Foster's performance yesterday, like you say, wasn't really much for him to do yesterday. He only um, had one shot on target yesterday. Um, and that was the, the goal. Um, I think he came for a couple of crosses. I, I thought he commanded his box a bit better than what Batman has done lately because Batman sticks on that line, doesn't he? He doesn't come off his goal line. Um, and then he was talking a lot to his back four. He was organising the defence. So I, I, it was a much welcome presence, I thought, from Ben Foster yesterday. Loved the time wasted in the first half as well. Um, typical Ben Foster. Um, but yeah, Foster, happy yeah. to have him back. Um, you don't have a Watford game about Ben Foster time wasting at some point, do you? Yeah, well, yeah, I think, I, you know what? I think he learned it from, from his time at West Brom because whenever we played West Brom and obviously they had Tony Pulis and, you know, Ben Foster would hold on to the ball for about 20 seconds and it would be really, really frustrating to watch. Um, and then he's come to Watford and obviously he's not changed um, what he used to do. is he, he is good at that that kind of thing. And, you know, when you are under the caution, when you need to hold on to a point, um, you know, it, it, it's a good thing to do. So, yeah, I don't really have a problem with Ben Foster doing it as long as as long as long he's doing it at the right times. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't too much for us to actually talk about in that first half performance. I think Newcastle probably had a better share of possession, better chances maybe being created as well. Um, I thought we started this game really slowly and took a while to grow into the game. Once again, it didn't take what for, it, it, well, we had to concede to Newcastle before we actually started playing. I thought, um, once again, it was like, right, OK, we need to kick ourselves into reaction now. We've just conceded. And then we saw the Watford that we've seen under Cagliari lately. We've, we was creating opportunities. But let's talk about that goal, James, for Newcastle. It came from another individual error um, from a Watford player. Unfortunately, it came to Ngakia, who had a really good first-half performance and kept um, St. Maximum quiet. Uh, I bet he just wanted the floor to swallow him up after he got um, out-muscled on possession, after we d he dwelled on the ball. And then St. Maximin does what he does best. He cuts in on that right-hand side. And then I think he I think he wrong-footed Ben Foster, if I'm totally honest. I think Foster was expecting it to go across him. Uh, but he went for his near post and it just beat him with the power. But James, that was another goal that was avoidable, really, from Watford's point of view, shooting ourselves in the foot. And, and do you think that Ben Foster should have done better as well? Uh, well, starting on, on Jeremy Ngakia, I'm not going to sit here and, and slate him because, you know, he's 20 years old and he's learning the game. And to be honest, he's when, when he has played for Watford, he's done really well. You mentioned the first half, um, he was pretty much flawless, didn't really make any mistakes at all. And, 
You know, the ball come to him. You know, he should have either shoved it out for a throw-in or just booted it up the pitch. Instead, he he kind of just faffed about with it. Um, St. Maximin pressured him, won the ball back. Uh, and we know what happens next. You know, St. Maximin, really, really agile and really, really hard to stop when when he gets going. He jinxes his way into the box. Um, and I think he, as you say, he wrong foots Foster. He, he takes the shot early. I don't think Foster was, was necessarily expecting him to take the shot when he did. Um, and to be honest, you know, fair play, fair play to Newcastle, fair play to, to St. Maximin. It was a great strike, great finish. Um, and to be honest, you know, I did a watch along on my YouTube channel for the game. And I said at that point, it was probably um, a deserved lead for Newcastle. I think that overall in the first half, they, they did pressure us through um, Chris Wood. It was very, very clear their game plan was to whip balls into the box um, with Kieran Trippier, Ryan Fraser, St. Maximin, uh, try and get, get Chris Wood's head on it. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, but instead, St. Maximin, through an individual error, um, forced a mistake and he put the ball away. But it was only 1-0. Um, and of course, we eventually came back into the game. Um, but yeah, just just not needed. And again, Ben, it's not like a team has cut us apart. It's just an individual yeah. error that's led to a goal. So I think we can take the positive from that. Um, and we just need to cut out these errors because that's what's, you know, that's what's hurting us at the moment. And that's ultimately the difference between us and some of these mid-table sides. You know, these individual individual errors, um, you know, are costing us in, in big moments. I know it might sound a bit silly, but maybe you can take, like you say, take positives out of individual errors, um, knowing that they, they, they can be sorted out. They can be stopped. At least we're not being cut open by opposition. Yeah. Um, you know you can iron out these individual errors and with in, in Nagaki's case, like you say, he's young, he's going to learn from this. Um, you could see how distraught he was after it happened. Oh, um, yeah, he, he was like throwing his arms around and he, he was... He yeah, was really and I felt for him himself. as well, being so young as well and being at a place like St. James's Park when you've got like 50,000 Geordies celebrating and screaming after that went in. Uh, but it was, I don't know if you noticed this, but it was good to see that actually when that happened... There was a couple of Watford players went over to Ngaki had to put their arms around him and try and be like, don't worry about it, put it in your back of your head. Um, we we go now. Um, I think it was like Cathcart and Kamara. And I think I've seen a picture of Manuel Dennis as well. And also there was quotes from Claudio Ranieri saying that his performance was perfect in the first half, which is unfortunate for what happened in the second half. But like I say to you, those mistakes can be ironed out. We've ended up, luckily for Ngakia, it didn't cost us the, the result we, we've actually got a point out of it so he should be feeling a bit better about himself after that um so hopefully not too many Watford fans are in, on the Gakia's backs because at the end of the day these things happen and he's young and he's only going to learn from it so what <laughs> the thing I want to talk about now James is and it's talking about an experienced player it, it's that miss from Misoko, uh, Sissoko um brilliant counter-attack from Watford um, Emmanuel Dennis driving at the Newcastle defence after we won it in our first in our in our own half, um, and then Emmanuel Dennis he was hearing a, a call in his right ear from Sissoko. You could see him Sissoko mouth it, and the burst of energy that Sissoko did there and pace to o- overtake him, get into the box, and then it just was laid to him. And talk to me, James. What happened after that? Um, I think we should put a ban in order on Sissoko from shooting full stop. Well, to be honest, Ben, I don't really know what to say because the opportunity <laughs> was so, so good. Um, and actually, fr- from the angle where, where we was watching from, 
um, on the stream, it looked like it went in. It looked like he perfectly bended, um, bent it into, into that top left-hand corner. Um, and, you know, it's just a running theme for, for Suzuko this season. But I think at Newcastle, at Spurs, um, it was the same thing. I think their fans also become quite frustrated with it. Every time he has a shot, uh, the ball goes 50, 60 yards um, over the bar. And, you know, it was just so frustrating. And it was a running theme throughout the whole game, Ben, to be honest, because Watford had got into them positions. Joshua King had a couple. Um, João Pedro got into the box a couple of times. Suzoko on that instance, as you mentioned. And, you know, at the final hurdle, we just don't have that that clinical touch. And, you know, it's a great ball by Dennis. He, he did really, really well to, to hold it up and, and pass it to Suzoko. Um and I can't really, I can't really explain what happened. Only Suzoko can can come on here and explain what really happened. Um, he just, he just got it all wrong. He just got it all wrong. And you know, at that point, I think that's when a lot of fans' heads started to drop because it was such a big opportunity for Watford to to go level in the game. And unfortunately, he scuffed it. Um, and yeah, at, at that point, I was. You know, I can't lie. I was devastated. I, I was quite angry, and I thought, you know, that that's that's the game. Really, Newcastle fans will, will be happy. Um, and and yeah, there wasn't really long to go at that point. I think that was seventy seventy five minutes into the game, and and yeah, my 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 head had dropped. Then put it that way. Yeah, especially after missing a chance like that, I think it would have been would have been easier to score that than actually miss that opportunity. Um, it, it was unbelievable how he managed to put that wide, but. Like you say, it was 70th, 70th minute. Um, but what for I mean, started should, to create... He should have made the keeper work then, let's be honest. I mean, he's, he's got to be getting got that to. at least, you know... Even You've if got to hit the target. He's got to hit the target. Even if it's, you know, a crappy scuffed shot, uh, you know, you can't be putting it over from there. He was, what, 10, 10, 12 yards from goal, if that? I mean, it was, yeah, really, really poor. Yeah, I don't care if he put that puts that down a keeper's throat, but he needs to make the keeper work there. For the keeper not to even touch the ball from there because the shot was that poor. But then again, like I was saying, at least we was creating opportunities and we kind of upped our gear. Um, substitutions have happened as well. We've seen Ngaki come off. Kiko came on. Kiko, Kiko brought that bit of a attacking threat down that right-hand side again. Um, and we've seen what Kiko does when he links up with Saar the one-twos. This time, he, he did a one-two with um, Kuzco down the right-hand side. Um, lovely weight he passed from um, Hernandez to set Kiko away. And what a ball from Kiko Feminia to, to whip that in with his right foot. And there was Joe Pedro making a late run into the box, getting higher than the cells. And, mate, when that went in, I jumped up with so much joy and I, I couldn't believe it went in. And, and see, I don't know about you and everyone else, but when you was watching a stream and watching it, there wasn't much of a celebration from Joe Pedro. So I was thinking, God, don't be offside. Don't give a foul. I, I wasn't sure if the goal was actually given. Yeah, I think I think Joe Pedro was was like trying to silence the crowd. I mean, I was, I was reading on Twitter afterwards. Apparently he was getting stick the whole game from, from the Newcastle fans. So, so I think his celebration was uh, more... Uh, yeah, that's the, that's to... because he ran over to um, when Trippier elbowed Emmanuel Dennis in the first half in the ribs. Joel Pedro went running over and got into his face, didn't he? So I think that's oh, why they I were doing his back there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're, they're on his back the whole game, and, and that's obviously why you know he, he didn't go you know knee sliding off in, into the corner flag. So, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, as you say, it was, it was a great cross by Kiko. I think I think Ben for me it reminded me of. Um, the cross that Kiko put in for, for, for Emmanuel Dennis against Norwich. 
It was in a very, very yeah. similar position to that. Um, very, very similar goals, to be honest. I mean, Jean Pedro and Dennis both getting getting up and beating their man. And, you know, Jean Pedro is just, you know, he's, I, I don't really have the words for him. He's, he's 20 years old. He's Brazilian. What more do you want? Um, you know, he's, he's so, so good. He's, he's carrying this Watford team, especially in the last two or three games you know, against Leicester. Um, best player on the pitch against Tottenham. You know, if it wasn't for the referee, he would have scored goal of the year. The Puskas award, probably he would have won for that. Um, and as as we've said, you know, against Newcastle, again, his dribbling ability um, and, you know, his deter- his determination to, to get up for that goal was was really, really good. So delighted to Zhao. Um, and I really hope he can continue this going into Burnley, going into Norwich, because we have such, you know, a star player on our hands with him. So really, really delighted with him happy with the goal and, you know, really, really relieved that we didn't go on to lose the game and ultimately João Pedro saves the day for Watford. Like you say, James, João Pedro is 20 years of age and he's performing like this. He's performing like he's played the game for years. Um, What I liked about about after he scored the goal, he went round to the players and he was like, don't lose your heads now. Come on, let's keep our heads. We we could even go on or we just get a point here and that would be done. That would be a good job done for Watford. But the, the late runs that he provides into the box, it gives Watford another dimension as well. And we've not had enough players getting into the box from midfield lately. And I think Joel Pedro offers a lot of that into his game. But delighted for him, he's had a tough he's had a tough few months losing his stepdads as well. And I think I read the other day, um, well, yesterday actually, um, the Watford Observer Ryan Gray tweeted saying that um, during lockdown. Joel Pedro actually moved an English teacher in with him and a personal trainer into his home during lockdown. So it just shows how motivated he is to learn the language, to try and communicate better with his team and to improve his game as well and to work with a personal trainer as well. Like Obviously, he knew that people... Well, English people know that about the, 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 the bubbles that we had in lockdown and that. So he was quite clever to work around that and be like, right, I'm not going to be able to go out and do this. Won't be able to do like English lessons. It would all be through Zoom. And let me get my English teacher in to live with me. Um, personal trainer. Let's add that to the list. Get them in as well. Um, and, and, it, it, and it's paid off for Joel Pedro. And he's such a likable character as well. And what I like about him is it's he's had to graft for this. He's been knocking on the door for a while, and he's been on the bench. He's been starting back on the bench. But the last few games, I'm getting a sense now, James, that the last six weeks have been massive for him. Since that Manchester United goal, his confidence has gone through the roof. Um, the goal away at Leicester as well, the little dink over the keeper. It was, beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, mate, it was unbelievable. And then his goal as well at Newcastle yesterday. Like You've got to remember, Joe Pedro is quite a small guy. Uh, and for him to leap that high, it's all in the leap, isn't it? The spring he gets on him from leaving the floor to connect with a ball in the air. And the power of that header as well. It wasn't like it was just a little flick. He got a, he got a big connection on that. Um, Keeper had no chance. And it, it was just a relief to see him. So pleased for Joel Pedro, honestly. I, I, I love the guy. I've, I've got him on the back of my shirt. Um, I, I like these flare players. Like, do you want to give us a 12 then for everyone on YouTube? Do you want to show oh, us? I'm everyone on YouTube. Okay, I'm just giving a little 12. 12 yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Joel Pedro, number 10. <laughs> I actually wear this top when I play six aside football and I play up top as well, banging in the goals, showing my little Brazilian flair. Um, 
little nutmegs here and there. But yeah, um, back back to the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joe Pedro, absolutely love him. Um, I, I love these flair kind of players that get you off the seats. They excite you. Like, but like I have a massive association with like Fernando Forestieri. I love what he did with Watford. He gets bums off seats, and Joe Pedro does exactly the same for me. And it must be that South American charm that they've all got, um, the South American genes. But Joel Pedro, he's got to be starting games going forward, James, doesn't he? He's got to be in that front three. You've got to find a way. Well, actually, let's think about it. We're talking about front threes. We've seen we've seen Saar doing a bit more training now on like Senegal social media. So he's probably got me maybe about three, four weeks back until his... Well, he'll probably be back tomorrow if Senegal had day away, but Watford, maybe three to four, five weeks away. How are we going to get Emmanuel... How are we going to get Emmanuel Dennis, Joe Pedro, Josh King, and Saar as a three? James, well, is there one of them that you would maybe take out at the moment? Or, well, or would you put... Would Saul, does Saul walk back straight back into his starting lineup? I think if we do some quick maths, Ben, four minus three, you know, equals one. And that means one player has to sit out of, of this Watford side. If we continue to play the full three, three, that is. Um, yes, Jao Pedro could play in like an attacking midfield role, but I think we know Pedro's, you know, best position is up front or on that left hand side. Um, you know, again, we were, we were discussing before the podcast started, Ben. Uh, you know, Joshua King has been fantastic for Watford this season. He has added something different compared to what Troy Deeney and Andre Gray did. Um, but there's no denying in the last few weeks, you know, his goals have dried up. His contributions to the Watford team has dried up. His hold-up play and his all-round play is quite good. But against Newcastle, for me, um, he had good, two good opportunities to work the keeper, which he, he did fail to do. Um and, you know, when we get into them positions at this time of the season, when we're fighting for points, you've got to be making the keeper work a bit harder than he did. You know, he was through on goal in the first half. You uh, put it wide. He should have done better then. So I think for me, um, you know, if Ismaila Sarr comes back, let's say in the next two, three, four weeks, and Joshua King's still not really performing as he should be, I'd like to I'd like to see maybe Dennis down the middle, um, Jao Pedro on the left, Saar on the right and Joshua King on the bench, unfortunately. And, you know, at least then it adds that competition for places, which I think, uh, you know, at the moment with Saar out, we are missing a little bit because, you know, at the moment, really, we've only got Ashley Fletcher um, and Cucho Hernandez, which, you know, are both are two good players. Um, but are they really going to challenge Dennis, Pedro? Um, you know, are they really going to add that much of a challenge to this Watford side? I don't know. So, when Saar comes back, I think there's definitely a conversation to be had, uh, you know, whether Joshua King should continue to start down the middle. But hopefully now we've had this conversation, Joshua King is obviously a big fan of Voices of the Vic. He'll be listening. Yeah. He'll know against Burnley that he's got to up his game and he'll prove me wrong, Ben, by by scoring a hat-trick. So hopefully um, I, I'm I'm using my telepathic powers to, to predict the future there. Let's hope so. Um, I, I'm the same as you. I think he needs to add a bit more goals to his game. The work rate's there. Um, he does a great job defensively as well. Um, but like you say, two really good opportunities yesterday where he got through one-on-one with a goalkeeper and he should have done a lot better. First half one, I thought that was really poor finishing, actually. He kind of rushed his shot and just maybe shanked it wide a little bit. Um, and then second half, it was that heavy touch and then De Bradford was running down on 
on top of him. So should have done better. But luckily for him, games come quick and fast now with another game Tuesday night against Burnley. So, and it, I actually remember it was actually Josh King's birthday yesterday as well. So maybe he had a few shandies the night before and was <laughs> hanging. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Happy birthday to you, Josh King, if you are watching, because we know you are a massive Voice of Vic fan. So, happy yeah. birthday, JK. Uh, Can I say yeah. one more thing on Josh King as well, then, before we move on? I think that, yeah, you know, I think for me, just watching him this season, he's a lot better. Um, I think for me, he's like he's like an he's like an, a penalty box merchant, basically. You know, when he's in and around that box and the ball comes into him really quickly, you know, against Newcastle earlier in the season, he, he, he scored. Obviously, I think that was disallowed for offside, but he scored. Yeah. Um, against Everton, you know, two, you know, really quick instinctive finishes. So I think for me, when he has the time to think, like he did yesterday against Newcastle, I think that's when he struggles. But I think when he has to make the quick decision and um, get the shot off as quick as possible, I think that's when um, when he thrives best. So, so, yeah, maybe I think we need to play a little bit differently around Josh King. I'm not sure. I'm not the manager of Watford. I'm not a tactical expert. Um, but watching Josh King this season, that's that's kind of how um, how I see him at the moment. So with with Josh King, because obviously we've seen him play in a couple of positions for Watford. We've seen him out on the left hand side. We're playing through the middle. Would you play him through the middle then? Um, if you think he's better in the penalty box, would you play him through the middle? Because um, there's a lot of our front three is quite flexible and I think that works in our favour sometimes. They alternate during the games. You, you'd see like Joe Pedro on the left yesterday, then he went through the middle and same with Josh King and then Manuel Dennis. They would all swap over, then Manuel Dennis would play playing down the middle. Do you think that maybe we should maybe go away from like the flexibility of those three and just play one down the middle like a Josh King or do you think it works with the flexibility that we've got? Well, the, the opportunities Josh King had yesterday pretty much came down that that, that like that left wing left flank area um yeah. and you know i think he was shooting on his left foot as, uh, on his weaker foot as well i should say sorry so so yeah I, I do think you're right in a sense i think that you know he does need to to maybe stay you know more centrally rather than drifting out left out right of course you know if, if the time's right they, they can switch mid game um you know if it's not working down the middle maybe put dennis down there put Zhao down there um but yeah, you know, I think it's just, I think it's confidence with Josh King. You know, he he said coming into this season, he he was lacking confidence, you know, after his, you know, time at Bournemouth, his, his really poor Everton move, um, which wasn't his fault, by the way. But but yeah, I think yeah. he's lacking a bit of confidence and, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll get some scrappy goal, whether it goes in off his bum, off his thigh, whatever. Um, hopefully he can, he can score in the, in the next couple of games and, and get his confidence right back up. I do think he's better through the middle as well. I think he... He sets the, the press for Watford. I think we're more aggressive with Josh uh, King setting the press as well. I don't think we're as aggressive when we've got Emmanuel Dennis um, doing the press from the front or Jal Pedro or even Saar if he went through the middle. I think a lot of defensive work through the middle and the hold-up play from Josh King as well. And like you say, he's better closer to a penalty box as well. I know he had that chance against Spurs just outside the box that it was curling in and Lloris tipped it around the post, but apart from that, he's not really offered too much outside the box this season for Watford. So, yeah, I'm the same as you going forward. I'd like to see him maybe a bit more. I, I know you're going to mix it up sometimes and maybe put him out on the left for five minutes or so, but majority of the game, I want to see him in, a, in that central role for Watford. But yeah, just thoughts on the results yesterday. Obviously, that was Watford's second draw of the season. And it was actually our second draw against Newcastle this season, which was actually ended in a 1-1 draw 
back at Vicarage Road earlier on in the season. So you, you can't make it up. But it, it's a bit disappointing that we haven't got more points from Newcastle this season, seeing how poor they've been. But equally, they could say how poor Watford have been and they feel like they should have had more points out of Watford. I think yesterday I saw that Newcastle fans on Twitter were saying about that was their first time they've booed their side this season. Um, was against Watford. So that's how highly they thought of the result against Watford was. I think they thought it was easy, especially after spending money on Chris Wood lately, Kieran Trippier. They see themselves as this big club, which they have done for years, but now they've got a bit of money behind them. It's given them that ego boost. Um, but Watford turned up and spoiled the party. Um, we got that last last-minute goal from Joe Pedro. Oh, and can, it can I just say, Ben, as well, it was so great to see Eddie Howe um, looking so oh. disappointed after the game. I mean, the look the look on his face, I mean, if, you, if you've not seen it already, just go on Twitter and just type in something like Eddie Howe face sad or something, because it, it will probably come up and, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not Eddie Howe or Jason Tindall's biggest fan. Um, and yeah, it was very, very funny to see them both disappointed because, uh, because yeah, I, I do not like them um, at all. So yeah, very, very happy to, to ruin their party, as Ben says. He, he looked like he was going to cry, didn't he? Um, <laughs> you got to feel sorry for him. Totally not not feeling sorry for Eddie Howell, Jason Tindall. Um, I'm glad they suffered. Um, I'm glad that hurt. Um, because that that was brilliant to see, and Watford they they deserved the point out of it. I don't think we deserve to win the game. I don't think Newcastle deserved to win the game. I think a point was a fair result at the end. Um, and like I was saying earlier, that's going to give us confidence going into Burnley. Now it's going to feel like a victory. But who even knows if this game against Burnley is going to go ahead Tuesday night, James? Their game yesterday was postponed against Leicester due to COVID. If we are to play them, it's live on BT Sport Two. Um, do you reckon it's going to go ahead, James? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure at this point. I mean, obviously, we're recording this podcast on Sunday evening, Ben. Um, I'd expect if the Premier League had any decency, they would announce the postponement tomorrow rather than actually on the gate uh, on the day of the game. Um, so, you know, if we don't hear anything tomorrow and, you know, we get to Tuesday and it seems like it's going ahead, um, you know, I'd, I'd expect the game will go ahead because if they cancel it, uh, you know, on the day of the game, when when fans travel up from from all over the country, I think you know the Premier League will have um, some questions to answer from from fans because ultimately fans you know make football. If if there's no fans, there is no football. So I think fans need to be treated better. And fingers crossed it goes ahead, Ben, because I was looking forward to the last time we played Burnley. You know, I had quite a long day. Um, I got in. You know, it was something like five pm. I was you know about to have dinner, looking forward to the game. And I go on Twitter, find out it's been postponed. Um, and then this game could now get postponed. So, yeah, it, it's going to be very, very crazy if, if it gets postponed again. But hopefully it does. Um, and, you know, Ben, Burnley currently sitting 20th in the Premier League. Norwich City picking up a crucial win, um, you know, yeah. against Everton yesterday, which is massive for them. Uh, so Watford go to 20th placed Burnley. Um, how do I think it's going to go? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I did predict a 1-1 draw, to be fair, against Newcastle. So I don't know if, if I predict uh, a Watford win now, if, if I'll get that right as well. Um, yeah, we all predicted a draw against Newcastle, which yeah. is probably a first for our voices of Vic. But we all we all got the result correct. Well, I, I went for a 2-2 draw, but it's a draw still. With, I, I got there with the draw. But yeah, with Burnley away is difficult. Um, you know what you're going to get with the Sean Dyche side. I know it's... 
they've lost a lot of physicality up front now with Chris Wood and it's going to be replaced with like Jay Rodriguez who I, I don't think they're in the same kettle of fish Vidra um, as well Ben can Vidra come back Vidra as well he can stretch defences we know a lot about Vidra but if I'm honest I think he's he's lost a bit of pace now um, he's not as clinical as he was um, his, his best spell in a football shirt was at Watford wasn't he in that um, promotion season under Zola um, unbelievable I, I still his goals he scored that season were unreal. The goal against Brentford, wow, wow. Just the volley outside the box came to him, pinged it in the top corner. The goal against Leicester in the playoffs where it came over his shoulder from oh Cassetti. My God. That, 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 and, technically, oh my that's one God. of the best goals I've ever seen. That's unbelievable. To see it live as well, like it felt like it felt like slow motion, but also went quick because um, you could see what was happening and then like the ball over his shoulder was slow motion, but then when he hit it, it was like whack, bang, back of the net. And like Schmeichel couldn't hit for him yet to that. Um, but yeah, Vidget and his pace as well. I think Brighton away, um, his pace when he accelerated over halfway line, left the defenders for dead. Um, but yeah, what a player he was in a Watford shirt. But like I say, I don't think he's the same threat now for Burnley. Be interesting if they do bring anyone in before our game. I, I doubt it. I think they've got till noon on Monday to make a sign-in. Have you seen the reports of them being linked with Andy Carroll? <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. And to be honest, you know, if they did get him in before the deadline, I would be quite worried, to be honest. I mean, any time Watford have played against Andy Carroll, you know what he does. He, he jumps up, he, he gets his elbows <laughs> up and, you know, he, he gets stuck in and... Yeah, I, I would be very worried if that happened. You know, similar to Chris yeah. Wood, you know, they're just massive target men. And, you know, that's exactly what, what Sean Dyche likes to do. So I do think they'll probably look to get someone in before our game. Um, I don't know how many COVID cases they've got. I think it might only be one or two. And they have quite a small squad anyway. So I think that's that's potentially why they, they're looking to get this postponed. But, you know, for me, I, I really hope they, this game goes ahead because... You know, the Premier League are postponing a lot of games for very little COVID cases. And I think there has to be, you know, some consideration for fans. Whereas, you know, if there's 10, 12 COVID cases, fair enough, go ahead and postpone the game. But, you know, if they've got one or two, you know, there has to be some sort of rule where you just bring in some academy players um, and they can fill the bench or or fill a couple of first team slots. I don't think we should be looking to postpone every game, um, you know, at the first sign of, of trouble. So I really hope it goes ahead. Uh, in terms of score prediction, I'll go with a 2-0 Watford win, Ben. And I'm going to go with Emmanuel Dennis and João Pedro to get the goals. And I was right for Newcastle, so I'm going to be right for Burnley as well. Wow, I'm loving the, the positivity. You thinking that Watford's actually going to get clean sheet as well. Yeah. I think that's what I just wowed about. Um, but then again, we, we was quite solid against Newcastle. It was only an individual error that cost us conceding. Um, apart from that, it was just crosses into the box and we dealt with it really well. Um, Samir, I like, I like the look of him. So I don't think a clean sheet's too far away. I don't think it's going to come against Burnley. I think it might come against Norwich. Um but I'm going to go for a 2-1 Watford win. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to go for Joe Pedro and Tom Cleverley. Uh, he hasn't scored for a while, so let's just throw Cleverley into the mix. I hope he starts actually Tuesday night um, yeah. quickly. I hope he starts over Kushka. Um, 
his legs are starting to look heavy and I, I think he needs a bit of a rest. So Kushka out the side cleverly in. Uh, but yeah, 2-1 Watford win, hopefully. And hopefully we'll be back to discuss a um, Watford victory against Burnley, um, James. Um, I'm not sure what the pan is on Voices of the Vic this week. I don't know if we're going to be doing a reaction to the Burnley game or if we're going to just do a combined one of Burnley and Norwich. But we'll let you guys know on our social media page. But yeah, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Voices of the Vic. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed doing this without Mike. We've actually had a voice this week haven't we James um, oh, yeah, we haven't I mean, been drowned out by Birmingham accent so it's, we've it's actually had a chance to chat between to, ourselves to be allowed to speak um, on a podcast yeah. you know actually you know being able to be positive Ben rather than being so negative every single week exactly and it, and it's nice to not have the listeners to have a 10 minute introduction of Mike just speaking because um, it, it can be long sometimes can't it yeah. um Hopefully they liked our little, what was it, about a minute and a half introduction today, yeah. straight into the game. I think that's how it's done. Um, we'll, we'll see how Mike feels about it. I'm sure he'll listen to his back and he'll probably block us from using another podcast account under his name. Um, but, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. And um, we'll be back, hopefully, to discuss the Burnley game. If not, we'll definitely be back at the weekend to speak about the Norwich results. So yeah, uh, take care, everyone. Stay safe and come on you ons. Sports Social Podcast Network.